0: God is never through with you. God is never finished with you. I heard about a Sunday school teacher who was teaching her her little uh, class of little boys. And she had taught on forgiveness. And uh, she asked, what do you have to do to get forgiveness? Uh, and then a little boy in the back of the room said, Sin? (laughs) Well, you know, his answer was correct. But I'm not sure that was the answer that she was looking for. Um, We have been forgiven by God. And and we should forgive others. Uh, Do you ever struggle with that? Do you ever struggle with forgiving those who have hurt you? Are you holding on to something right now that... That you have, uh, should have let go 20 years ago? Uh, have you put something away in your heart that you should have, uh, should not, shouldn't have, uh, should have allowed to grow uh, there and stay for six months? I want us to look today at Matthew chapter 6 as we continue our study on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus confronts us time and time again with issues of our life that we face on a daily basis. And Jesus doesn't allow us any wiggle room. Jesus, uh, he confronts us, and we either obey or we disobey. We conform or we rebel. But we will not stay where we are. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount is constantly nudging and pushing and inching us away from our comfort zone. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 6 verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses let us pray do you have it father we thank you lord for this day we thank you for all that you do for us and thank you lord for the forgiveness that you have bestowed upon us dear lord and dear lord as we go through life we are faced with different circumstances that that uh, makes us feel bad makes us hurt inside dear lord and and we, and we get hurt, uh, things are done uh, against us, and, and it brings pain into our lives. And dear Lord, we're so thankful for this passage of Scripture that helps us to understand how to deal with that, how to, how to cope with that, and what we should do in those circumstances. And I'm thankful for the message today. And as we go through this passage of Scripture this morning, if there are those here today that, first of all, have never experienced the forgiveness of you, for the first time. I pray that today would be that day that they receive Christ as their Savior. There may be others here who have been saved and they're struggling this morning. They have things in their past, things that's going on in their lives where forgiveness seems like a far reach from their grasp. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would work in their hearts this morning. To allow them, allow your spirit to work on their heart that they can uh, get past this issue, get past the hurt, and receive and, and to offer forgiveness for the things that's been done against them. Dear Lord, thank you for all that you do for us, for going with us day in and day out and helping us in all that we do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Amen. you may be seated. As we continue our study in the Sermon on the Mount, you remember that Jesus has taught us to pray. Uh, in, in, In what we call the model prayer, we talked about this last week, we are to pray that God will forgive us. Every time we pray, we need to remember to ask God to forgive our sins. Because we are constantly sinning. We are out of the will of God. We rebel and are constantly needing God's forgiveness. We not only need to be forgiven of God today, but we also need to be forgiving others. Jesus makes a connection that we can easily pass over and shrug it off. Jesus makes a connection between us being forgiven by God and us forgiving those who trespass against us. You may be thinking, preacher, uh, tell me about God forgiving me. We'll worry about forgiving others later. Uh, But I can't because of the connection that Jesus made. In fact, did you know that you will be stunted in your Christian life until you learn how to forgive? Just like God has forgiven you. There's a little book called The Secrets of the Vine. It was written by Bruce Wilkerson. Uh, Wilkinson, he's the same author that wrote the little book, The Prayer of Jabez, many years ago. He wrote this other book and called The Secrets of the Vine. And and in that book, he tells about how he was teaching at a retreat. And a woman by the name of Catherine came up uh, to him one morning and, and said, I don't know what's wrong with my spiritual life. My prayers don't seem to be getting... Any higher than the ceiling. I have no joy. I'm not enjoying my Christian life. I don't seem to be growing. And making any progress. And something is terribly wrong. After Bruce Wilkerson talked with her. For an hour or so. It became obvious to him. That what was wrong with her Christian life. Was that she had bitterness. And resentment. And an unforgiving spirit toward her mother and he said to Catherine go to your room and get a notebook and write down everything you have against your mother she didn't sleep at all that night and she came back with five pages of small handwritten notes and over the process of time God gave her the grace to forgive her mother She let go of the bitterness. She let go of the resentment. And six months later, she wrote Bruce Wilkerson a letter. And this is part of what she said. She said that she had been reconciled to her mother. And I'm back on speaking terms with God. It feels like my soul is breathing again. Even my non-Christian friends have noticed the difference. And I've started enjoying serving God. You may ask, is that because she had forgiven her mother and she had allowed this resentment and this bitterness to build up in her life? Is it possi- really possible that an unforgiving spirit could hinder our Christian life to the point that we wouldn't have joy and we would be powerless in our prayers? I'm telling you, absolutely. Absolutely. I I would even say today that in this building today, there are some that don't know the joy of the Lord. I can tell by how negative you always are. Uh, there, There are some that don't know the power of God in their life. And it can all be traced back to an unforgiving spirit. Can we be honest together today? If that is where you are today, that's fine. But it's not fine to stay there. You've come to church today. You, you've you got it all built up. You, you've been carrying around for a long time. You think, well, I, I've just gotten used to it. It doesn't bother me anymore. Oh, yes, it does. I want to tell you that it does bother you. And I want to tell you that You will never understand the blessings of God or the joy of your salvation until you forgive those who have done something wrong to you. The principles that I'm stating apply to me. They apply to the greatest Christian that you've ever known. They apply to the biggest hypocrite that you've ever known. We've got to forgive. There are three things I want us to see this morning first thing I want to look at is the meaning of forgiveness. What does the Lord mean when He says to forgive? First, let's look at the word trespass. And, and it, you see in verse number 14, it says, If you forgive men their trespasses. Three times in verses 14 and 15, Jesus uses the word trespasses. What does it mean to trespass? The same word translated here is trespass. It's translated in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. A fault against you. A trespass. It means to fall or to stumble. That is what a trespass is. It's a slip. It's a fall. Uh, And Jesus says if someone trespasses against you, you are to forgive them. Has anyone ever trespassed against you? They've caused you to fall. They've caused you to slip. They have failed you. What are some ways that that might happen? What would that look like in our lives when someone would trip us up and when someone would fail us? Let me give you some examples. And this is not by any means uh, a complete uh, list of examples, possible ways that someone could fail you, but... The trespass may come in the form of a lie. Uh, as Churchill said, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth puts on its boots. Has anyone ever lied about you? I, I know people who have been hurt badly because of lies. I've been hurt because of lies. Maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is awakening a part of your soul that has been buried in your heart. Somebody lied about you and it hurt you. Somebody said something about you that's not true. Your reputation was damaged. They hurt you. That is a trespass against you. Not only could this trespass be a lie, but the trespass may come from... From the in the form of criticism. You've been criticized for what you did or what you didn't do. And, and there's one place that critics shouldn't be found, and that is in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you know what's required to criticize? For someone to criticize you, do you know what's required uh, for them to nitpick, to tear apart, to tear down? You have to make yourself to be a judge. And there's not a person here that can look into a person's soul, into their heart, into the mind of another person to know every motive and reason and thought We don't have the right to judge the motives of others. Only Jesus has that right. This is what I've noticed. Uh, We get fighting mad when someone judges us. And we say, "You you can't know my heart. You don't know my motive. You don't know why I did that. We get fight mad when it's done to us, but we're pretty quick to do it to others. If I was listening to me preach right now, I'd say amen right there. Amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody's still with me. We're pretty quick to get hot under the collar. We're pretty quick to say, y- you know what, that- you're not going to do me that way. You're not going to judge me. You don't have the right to do that. We detest that when someone does it to us, but we're pretty quick to do it to everybody else. Jesus is implying that there are many kinds of trespasses that can be made against us. One of them uh, is that, that someone has lied about you. Maybe someone has unfairly judged you. Has anyone ever judged you, criticized you, hurt you? You are just carrying it with you, and every once in a while you remember it, and you will relive the pain, the criticism. I heard a story of two politicians, ironically, in the state of Florida in 1950. I wasn't around then, (laughs) just to set the record straight. They were campaigning for a primary election for a Senate seat in Florida. One of their names was Claude Pepper, and the other one's name was George Smathers. Y'all remember him? Some of these folks that were around? I don't know. Mr. Smathers uh, was trying to unseat Mr. Pepper, and he started calling Mr. Pepper Red Pepper, <laughs> implying that he was a communist sympathizer. And he launched a campaign to expose Pepper's secret vices. Smathers reported that Claude Pepper is known all over Washington as a shameless extrovert. Not only that, but this man is reliably reported to practice nepotism with his sister-in-law. And he has a sister who was once a thespian in wicked New York. Worst of all... It's an established fact that Mr. Pepper, before his marriage, habitually practiced celibacy. What? Every, very often the critic does nothing but expose their own ignorance. Ignorant people criticize others. Jesus is talking about trespasses, and it may be a lie, or it may be some criticism. And sometimes people are spiteful towards us. They do things out of spite. They refuse to shake our hands when they pass by. They refuse to show kindness when they have the ability. They refuse to be friendly toward us. They snub us and turn their nose up at us. We sometimes get our feelings hurt. And sometimes when our feelings get hurt, they ought to get hurt. People can be mean. People can be rude. You can say if you want to, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But you know what? That's a lie. Words do hurt. They cut, they pierce. Words hurt. Jesus is saying there there are going to be some that will trespass against you. They will lie. They will criticize. They will spitefully use you. They will hurt you emotionally. But Jesus says we are to forgive them. You see, if you don't forgive, the hurt will become hatred. If you don't forgive, the grief will become a grudge. If you don't forgive, the resentment. Will become revenge. And everything goes downhill. When we don't forgive. I want you to notice the word that Jesus uses in these verses. He uses it four times. The word forgive. It means to send forth. To send away. The same word is sometimes translated. Divorce. Let me give you some good news. Do you know what Jesus did with your sins when He forgave them? He divorced your sins from you. That to make any Baptist shout. I know. we're reserved. One, one day we'll get used to hollering "Hallelujah." Sometime, you know, when we get to heaven, we'll be, we'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll it'll just come out and it'll just, it'll just be there over and over again. That. Uh, we, to, to, to think that we have been forever divorced from our sin. God has made a judicial decision and said, I am sending away your sin. Amen. Your sin and you can never come together again. You have been eternally divorced from your sin. This is what we should do when someone trespasses against us. It means to just let it go. It means to drop it. It's done. It's over. Drop it. It's like tearing up the IOU. Well, do we forgive and forget? We should. I heard another story about a a man named Joe and Bill. No offense, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) We we got to, Bill, I don't think there's a Joe here. This is not about you. Uh, and Joe got sick. He was lying on his hospital bed, and the doctors were saying it doesn't look good. Joe didn't want to go out into eternity with all the animosity in his heart, all this unforgiveness in his heart towards Bill. So he sent word uh, to Bill to come see him. And Bill went to the hospital to see Joe. And Joe said, Bill, we... We've been feuding for many, many years, and he said, I I don't want to go into eternity like this, and I want you to forgive me. And Bill forgave Joe, and Joe forgave Bill. And as Bill was walking out of the hospital room, Joe says, now listen, if I get better, all of this is off. (laughs) Listen, when you forgive somebody, you don't have a right to put limitations on your forgiveness. Did God do you that way? Did God say, I'll forgive you until, or I'll forgive you unless? I'll forgive you when? Or did God in His grace and mercy just forgive you? That's the way we ought to forgive. Amen. Clara Barton, the founder of the Red Cross, was asked if she remembered an especially cruel thing that had been done to her one time. She was struggling and said, I, no, I, I really don't remember that. And a friend said, surely you remember. She said, I distinctly remember to forget it. I'm here to tell you that, 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 that there are some things that will, with the help of God and the Holy Spirit, we need to let go. And by the grace of God, we need to forget it. <laughs> story was told about after the Civil War. Robert, Robert E. Lee was visiting a lady in Kentucky. During the war, one of her big trees in the front of her yard was demolished by cannonballs. She showed the the general the damage and said, look what they have done to my tree. What should I do? After a pause, the respected general said, cut it down and forget it. I'm speaking to some today that need to cut down some trees and forget it. Let it go. It's not worth holding on to. It's going to hold you back spiritually it's going to stunt your growth as a Christian. It's going to hinder you. It's going to poison every relationship you ever have. You need to let it go. Amen. Corey Tin Boom, a survivor of, at Ravensbrook during World War II, her, her sister died there in a concentration camp. This is recorded in a book, The Hiding Place, by Corey Tin Boom. Corey Ten said that forgiving and forgetting is like ringing a church bell. You reach up, you grab the rope, and you pull, and you pull, and you pull, and the momentum builds up. And when you let go of the rope, the bell will ring a few more times until the momentum winds down and the bell stops ringing. But you have to let go of the rope. You want to know why some of this stuff keeps coming up in your mind and keeps hindering you? Causing you to stumble, stumble and hurt all over again? It's because you won't let go of the rope. If you will let go of the rope, the bell will eventually stop ringing. And you will be able to put it behind you and forget it. In the name of Jesus, let go of the rope. If it's a tree, cut it down and forget it. If it's a bell, stop ringing it. There's a second thing I want us to understand, and that is the motive for forgiving. Why should I forgive? What motive do I have for forgiving? Here's the motive because God said to forgive. Do you need anything more than that? Do you need a stronger motive than what Jesus told us? He's commanding us to do it. He's not giving us a recommendation to follow. He is giving us a command to obey. So if this is a command to obey, and we don't obey that command, we are living in disobedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And also in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be ye kind uh, one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You should forgive because God has commanded you to. You should forgive because you have been forgiven As our text says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness is something that we all need. You will not, but you will not be forgiven unless you forgive others. I want you to know that to be forgiven, you must be forgiving, And to be forgiving, you must be forgiven. The last thing I want us to see here this morning is the measure of forgiving others. It's an unlimited forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus has talked to his disciples about forgiving others, and, and Peter said, "How often should I forgive them?" Peter suggested seven times, and he thought that was a big number. He, he thought that that was sufficient grace for anyone. Can I say something? If I'd have been there with Jesus that day, I don't know if I would have suggested seven. Uh, I'd I have a problem for giving two times for the same thing. Something that has hurt you. Somewhere, Peter thought to suggest seven. Well, Jesus said, no, it's not seven times. It's seven times 70. And I want you to understand it. He's not even talking about 490 times. That that this means an unlimited amount of times we are to forgive someone. Amen. 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 This forgiveness doesn't have limits, it doesn't have any boundaries. We are to forgive them that have hurt us an unlimited number of times. It's not only unlimited forgiveness, but it's also unconditional forgiveness. Right. We don't have a right to put a condition on our forgiveness. We can't say, I'll forgive you if. Or or, I'll forgive you when. We don't have a right to do this. We need this reminder today. We are not God. We don't have the right to say the boundaries or conditions of our forgiveness. God does have that right. And he said it. Uh, it, it is to be unconditional. Again, I want to mention Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy. They were placed in Ravensbrook, a concentration camp. Her sister Betsy died there in that camp. Years later, Corey Ten Boom was giving a speech complimenting the grace of God and the forgiveness of God. At the end of the service, an SS guard walked up to Corey Tin Boom. One of the guards that stood at the shower room were Corey Tin Boom and her sister Betsy, and hundreds of women just like them were stripped and showered off in front of this guard. The memories of that ordeal flooded back to her mind. The guard walks up to Cory Tin Boom after she has just bragged on God's grace and God's forgiveness. He reaches out his hand and says thank you for what you have said. He had been converted. He had come to Christ after the war. cory Tin Boone said, my arm and my hand were paralyzed. She couldn't move. All she could think about was how he treated them. The indignity. The shame. And anger. Terrible thoughts went through her mind. She said, Lord Jesus, forgive me and help me forgive him. She said she tried to smile. She struggled to raise her hand, but couldn't. She felt nothing. She said... At the first bit of warmth of the love of Christ, she thought how she had encouraged others to forgive, but now she was struggling to forgive. She prayed another silent prayer. Jesus, I can't forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. She reached out, shook his hand, and when she did, the most incredible thing happened. She said from her shoulder through her arm, A current seemed to pass from her to him, while in her heart there came a love for this guard that was almost overwhelming. She understood what God commands, God enables us to do. God said to forgive those who trespass against us. God gives us the ability, the love that is needed to forgive them. Our forgiving others is unlimited. Our forgiving others is unconditional. This morning, I ask you to bow your heads for just a few moments. I want you to think of this for just a few moments. As God has forgiven you. Just let that settle into your mind. As God has forgiven you. What emotions are going through your mind right now? How does that make you feel as God has forgiven you? Does that give you joy? Hope? Happiness? As God has forgiven you, did you have to make a deal with God and talk God into forgiving you? Did you have to beg God to forgive you? Did you have to change anything so that God would forgive you? Or did God freely, willingly, unconditionally forgive you? Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we Think of this message that you have given us today. Thoughts come to our mind. People who have hurt us in the past. And it seems that the pain continues on years down the road. Dear Lord, we understand what we're supposed to do. Give us the grace to do what we need to do. Dear Lord, help us to cut down the tree. Help us to quit pulling the rope. Help us to forgive unconditionally, um, without any limitations. Help us to forgive those that are in our past. Dear Lord, I pray to you, Lord, if there's anyone here in their services today that's never received the forgiveness of God in their heart, they might come and experience what forgiveness feels like. Dear Lord, for those who have been saved, I just pray to you, Lord, right now that you would impress upon their heart what they must do to forgive those others is just to, to give it to you. To let it go. Talk about it to you dear Lord. This altar is open. I pray dear Lord. That people will respond. And clear up these issues from their life. So that they might be the Christians. That you intend for them to be. We know dear Lord it's holding them back. We know it cripples us as Christians. In our walk with you. Help us, dear Lord, to clear the air. Forget those things. Forgive those things. And to live our lives for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.